When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about The Covenant. As... Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, The Convent. We're talking about The Convent. You Jesus know, not Christ. to be confused with also The Covenant. The Covenant. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, I, almost I, made a, I, made a, I almost made a big mistake. A little oopsie. I did. I <laughs> almost did. And I was like, I think I remember them talking about this before I was on the show. That was Ashley V. Robinson, wasn't it? That, that was it Ashley was. Robinson. Right. Uh, oh. I, I stared at that word like, don't say covenant. It's coven. And I still... Or it's convent. convent. Jesus. So there are convent. literally Jesus. four different versions of the name of this movie now. We'll get so there. Let's, let's Scott, cut it. You let's go let's, let's the clarify. Top, no, it's clarify. Scott, you, uh, you picked... This movie that I'm struggling with. The uh, Convent from 2000. Convent from 2000. And, I mean, I want to hear why you picked it first, and then I've got I've got so many thoughts. I had so much fun with this. Yes. And 80 yes. minutes, baby. Dude, you couldn't yeah. ask so for anything much. more. That it almost feels too long at 80 minutes. <laughs> it does. It does. There's a moment where I was like, really? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> really you still got more story to tell? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so here's – I think that we can – Here's the, the we're gonna break it into two things, the the story of me finding this because this is a this was this was this has been on my list for a long long time. Uh, I think that I actually have had this on my list since January, and okay. I was like, okay, this is happening for my October pick. Um, Did you? Let me ask you this question real quick because I know that you like test run these movies mm-hmm. before you pick them. Did you just watch the opening scene and go, oh, yeah, we're going forward with this? Matt, because it is the most Scott there. Roger I'm... opening I've ever seen in my entire life. You got to it before <laughs> I could. But no, the thing is that I, that just put the smile on my face um, sure. with Leslie Gore. It was confirmation. You don't own me. <laughs> well, um, 
a, a Catholic schoolgirl just pumps lead into nuns and priests. And there's also like where the gunshots or the, the shotgun uh, sounds are lined up with the percussion in You Don't yeah. Own Me. It's magic. It's truly <laughs> the thing is, is that, that this movie can't go up from there. Because no movie can go up from there. No, this is the best opening to any movie in cinema history. I mean, I don't like, know why this movie is Take isn't... a back seat, Charles Foster Kane, <laughs> saying Rosebud. Because... Exactly. Because the convent we're... is here. Yeah. 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 Um, so the story of me finding this movie is literally that it came up on Shutter, and I was like, this looks terrible. And the, I, it, it was like... Re, uh, newly added um, it is like because I check like two three times a week um, if there's something that I need to add to my list or watch immediately and this was an immediate watch because I was like the cover looks like garbage because the cover does look like garbage like let's yeah, just be yeah. honest here um, it's a woman with sunglasses smoking a cigarette and then it says the convent and I think that the T in convent is a cross but um, you know, I mean, there's really it doesn't really give you any. It's of not the, committed to the cross, to be honest with you, though, because I didn't catch it. Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it might be, but it doesn't read. Yeah. Committed to the cross. Oh, uh, committed to the a, cross is definitely yeah. a tooth and nail band that did not make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That sure. actually might be two on the nose. That might but, be like no, a uh, forefront they record. They opened for Stave Saker in 1997. <laughs> I promise you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice pull on Stave Saker, though. Is great. I just downloaded Speakeasy by Stave Saker last week. It's a great album. I don't album. remember if Stave Saker was the band or not, but there was um, my buddy Scott, because, yes, I had two friends named Scott um, growing up, and um, we were all three Scots that went to my school. Um, but I was over at Scott's house, and he had, I believe it was a tooth and nail sampler, and we were listening to it because he liked MXPX, and yeah. he got me an MXPX. Like, that's, I mean, there's no, no, no you know, question about that, but... There was some band on it that I don't know if it was Living Sacrifice or Stavesaker or some other whatever, but on this comp, there was a band that did death metal vocals. And it was not Stavesaker. So it must have been Living Sacrifice then. Yeah, I was going to say Stavesaker, if I was to compare them to any band, it would be Tool. Like they were okay. very like. Was close, but yeah. Yeah, not... they were very like epic uh, songs with like very Maynard inspired vocals. Yeah. vocals. Uh, no, Living Sacrifice or Zayal would be like the death metal. I don't metal think it was Zayal because I, Zayal, I think, was later on because this would have been 1996 or 7 at the very latest. Well, Zayal's first album was 92. So the, but were, it's they, possible. were they on like a tooth and nail comp? I mean, yeah. this is maybe oh, a they conversation got signed. for a Patreon. I'm assuming <laughs> that this was a Songs from the Penalty Box Volume 1 is going to be my I best. It. It I must love when you guys been. do this. <laughs> yeah, they, I do. I really yeah, do. Uh, if you go to patreon.com backslash HMN podcast and you listen to any of our soundtracking episodes, this is what we do. Who knows? This this episode may have inspired one of Matt's future picks to be a uh, Songs from the Penalty Box listen. Hell yeah. Through. I would not be upset with that. Um, we can find Whoa. that one that was the first song that I ever heard death metal vocals on. In any case, um, yeah. so I... I uh, the fuck was I even talking about? I was talking about like... The, <laughs> This movie. You're talking about how the box art to this movie. Sucks. Yeah, the box art is terrible. Box art, and, and, you and, watched um, it immediately. And so I watched it immediately on Shutter. And uh, you know, three minutes in, I was set. And I watched yeah. it, and I was like, "This is so good, I can't finish it." 
I know that I'm going to pick this yeah. in October. So I, I shut it off around the 45 minute mark. And, um, I was, I was just so excited. I put it on, I put it on the Trello. Um, and this summer when I was at the retro attic, which I've talked about this place a couple times on the show, Matt loves it because he, and I went yeah. to it when he was here, um, back in August. And um, so many CDs, I'm still working so, my way through the yeah, CDs yeah, I bought at that retro attic. Um, but <laughs> I found a VHS copy of the convent and I was like, Oh, I, this is five dollars i must spend so yeah. um i snagged that and it just felt like a it felt like adrian barbeau was like scott you have to watch and discuss this movie that i'm in that's what she sounds yeah. like in my in my head which her voice in this movie is so much gravelier in any case yeah. um yes that was the that was the way that i found out about it and it was so new on shutter when i watched it there were no reviews and so i was like well i'm just gonna go in blind um i have since learned reviews are worthless on shutter just like they're worthless mm -hmm. everywhere else but that was such a great blind watch and i don't know how this movie doesn't have any sort of cult following like this is one of the most underground well that's movies. what we're here to do baby yeah the hmn <laughs> effect like, this is gonna well, get the the blu-ray treatment what i, I think that it might so i and let me um, i feel like it might i didn't know it was mike mendez which is i mean Should he know as far as else? like so he did big ass spider he oh, just okay. recently did a segment of satanic hispanics if not like i can't wait to watch the that. whole thing it's gonna be awesome yeah. um he's just sort of well known in that sort of like la horror circles of filmmakers who cut their teeth like in the early 2000s if not even earlier like he's kind of like almost adjacent to adam he's like a decade later than like adam rifkin so he's like doing say... the things that like rifkin sort of did and i mean i'm talking on my ass a little bit but this is how i categorize him <laughs> well, no, right? like, so... this is this is how i categorize him so the thing is one of the other things that I love about Letterbox at this point in my life is that I can look at who else has reviewed a specific movie. And that yeah. can give me a gauge on, like, how popular the movie is because it'll show me all of the people that I follow. Yeah. What blew me away with this movie is that, like, I have a very kind of limited friends list on yeah. on Letterbox. Like, I follow you. I follow Robert Bacon. I follow Chris Fafaios. And then, like, I follow... Um, Joe Lynch, uh, mm -hmm. Becca McKendry, Elric Kane. Like, I follow, like, the horror podcast community. The only people that I follow who reviewed this movie were you yeah. and Brian Berger. Wow. Nobody oh, that else. That makes so much sense, though. This is such <laughs> a But that's what I mean. Movie. So it's like, it's like this makes sense in, like, a more of, like, an underground. Like, yeah. I'm – but I was – blown away i thought for sure I that i would look away. and like joe lynch and rebecca mccandrew right. would be like and i thought it was just gonna this. be under our under yeah. our radar right but, but like no, this like, is scott you have this might be this might be our biggest chance for someone to point to a, our podcast and say that's where we found it and kyle <laughs> i just heard a noise yeah. what the fuck was that noise well, it only inspired me because I saw Scott over there sipping on something that looked real good. So a sweet baby Jesus, yes, <laughs> a sweet baby Jesus. It's a chocolate and peanut I, butter porter. So I mean, I've had it many times in my life before, but I just it's a great beer. I, I, I couldn't find anything with a nun on it, so I just went for a sweet baby Jesus on it. So I, I had to do a little bit of a stretch, and I was going to crack it when you said Adrian Barbeau, but I held off. So I have Terp Fog. Fog, of course, being Adrian Barbeau, and the Terp. Uh, from the terpenes and weed beam because this is such a stoner movie too. Like, yeah, it really, really. Was that guy's, was the whole the character's sequence. name? Um, um, oh, it, it, well, it's Spanish Frijole. for bean. Yeah, he's bean. Yeah. It would just it's so. Big. It would be so fucking racist if a white guy wrote this movie, but no, it's okay. 
Yeah. yeah. No, it's all right. Mike um, Mendez, you get the pass. So I have to I have to call out. There's at least one listener listening who I feel confident is aware of this movie. So, Will, this episode is for you, baby, because I read in the IMDb trivia, a sample of Mo Laughing and Belittling Soul was used for the industrial metal band Combi Christ's song, Prince of Evil. Um, oh, so, wow. Shout out to Will, our Will? listener yeah. and the drummer of Combi Christ, for uh, for probably being the only person who was like, holy shit, they're doing the convent, <laughs> versus everyone else going, what the fuck's the convent? Um, or, they're, yeah, they're going to see, the, they're going to watch The Covenant, and they're like, they already did that one. <laughs> I mean, um, you will be much better served watching this movie than The Covenant. Um, the Covenant oh, is a thousand percent. really bad, um, and you can laugh about it, but this movie is mm. so silly that... It actually is. It's aged quite well. I, it's I aged, think so. Really so it's, has. It's interesting because um, how do I verbalize this? There are parts in this movie where it feels exactly like what it's being a throwback to. It feels like a film from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Then there are other things that scream it is two thousand. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Like the CGI, there is some CGI in this that is rough, boy. Oh, but the CGI is um, in the last five minutes, man. Yeah, That's it. no, I mean, uh, this is no complaint here, but I'm just saying the CGI. I was like, yep, that's some 2000 CGI if I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's the- some fucking Jason goes to hell CGI. You know, like, yeah. I, let's be fair to this movie. That's true. That's true. Uh, I do want to shout out that I had a real laugh at our punk goth girl. Uh, we always talk about. When people write characters, but their reference point is minimalized, and I love that this goth punk friendship, the the biggest deep cuts they could pull out were Joey Ramone, The Misfits, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But the thing is, that it yeah. feels it feels fun to me because they're not doing it for they're not doing it for clout. They're doing it just to no. make a reference point for people that don't really have a reference point in 2000 because you got to keep in mind like this movie was being written and let's say this movie was being written in 97 98 whatever how many years it took to like get made but i feel like those were all solid because this would have been around the time when famous monsters came out and so the the misfits were having or i'm sorry misfits because the 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 got dropped when they got rid of danzig um, he took the doll with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he can have those three letters. It's fine. For the Danzig. Yeah. The- <laughs> you imagine if he was the, the mother. Um, <laughs> the mother. <laughs> yeah, you can't spell mother without the. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's good. Um, that's good. So, you know, I, I, I want to say that those references were solid. You know, like, mm-hmm. they were in the zeitgeist at the time. They weren't, like, pandering. Um, they were just enough for normies i guess well it also felt like it actually like was a reference that helped like drive the character a lot of times those references are for the audience like you know what i mean and like when she was like i'm saving myself for marilyn manson she even like was slightly like bashful like the way she delivered it was like like, oh that character believes that like they believe that reference she's also not a virgin (laughs) as we find out like she's not saving herself for shit um Mm. so there are some really <laughs> funny lines in this movie, though. Like, the first, like, active laugh I got was... So, real quick, chances are you've never seen this movie. I think we can at least all three say, we recommend watching it. 
It's oh, yeah. 80 minutes. Like, watch, watch it. it. It's on Shutter. So Go watch it. Come back. It's got everything. We'll wait for you. Okay, welcome back. So we... <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the basic premise for those of you who still didn't watch it uh, is that in the 60s, a girl stormed into a convent with a baseball bat, some kerosene and a shotgun and uh, burned the building and shot and killed and beat all of the nuns and priests in there. And now it is a college tradition for kids to show up at the convent on Halloween night and like spray paint the or uh, homecoming night spray paint the bell tower or whatever two former friends uh one who is now on a sorority while the other one has continued the path of being like the gothy girl at the college uh end up going with these frat boys and the former goth girl's younger brother is also pledging with the frat uh they show up they get pulled out the cops show up they all leave except for goth girl she gets kidnapped by satanists they kill her. She gets possessed by demons. You've seen this movie before. Yeah. We won't say it because it'll be somebody's double movie feature. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed this movie before. Uh, and then as everybody dies, former goth girl goes and gets uh, the woman from the 60s who shot up the place to come and stop everything from happening. Uh, and there's like a subplot about the Antichrist or whatever. So all of that to say, <laughs> all of that to lead up to this moment uh, where they first enter into to the uh, the convent and they have this adorable Boston Terrier uh, and yeah I loved him and Boozer <laughs> Boozer, Boozer and yeah. the the uh, the pledge slash brother who blew my mind when I realized that that's the shoes guy from YouTube playing no. the younger brother oh <laughs> like, my what? god yeah. Are you that's, for real? I'm dead Blood serious. It's, it, it's the guy who yes. plays shoes. <laughs> um, so he has a <laughs> lot of he's like, been a, Oh, I guess that would have been about six years difference. Right at the, look, so there's two people known for dressing crazy, in drag yeah. in this movie. Because uh, the other one, Dickie Boy, is uh, played by the least memorable drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6. Uh, Kelly Mattel, who gets eliminated in Episode 1. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that Matt did this work for us. Oh, I don't ever do the work because yeah. I know one of you will. I yeah, didn't even do the work. I don't know why. I just felt like well, I was going to rest movie. on enjoyment of this film. Oh, and I, and I felt comfortable in that. I just I, unexpectedly thinking that there was much more besides like, oh, Coolio's in it, by the way. Oh, um, I've got a great story very- about Coolio, too, but we'll get there in a second. <laughs> yeah. uh, the line that killed me is the dog starts humping his leg and he mentions it and the guy goes sounds seems like you got to go take him for a walk and he goes that's not funny he's like really strong <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's the tiniest little... <laughs> like it's this tiny boss terrier uh the other lines that for me made me laugh is when we first meet the satanists and uh mo the goth girl is like you're not a Satanist. You work at fucking Dairy Queen. <laughs> like, yeah, I love I love that guy because his, Sal the Satanist is his name. Um, yeah. he he's playing this character as a straight Monty Python character. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. they literally in the credits say that Saul and Dicky Boy are based on uh, two characters from Kids in the Hall sketches. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that, so wow. it makes sense. It's it, yeah, same it vein for sure. Like, Third wave, you know, Monty Python. Yeah, he's it. he's dressed like the fucking guy in Manos Hands of Fate. Like, yeah, he's like got <laughs> the whole everything there. And then the other line that I had to write down 
is when the one guy is stoned and the Jesus on the cross <laughs> just looks up and says, "Hey, motherfucker, get me down from here." <laughs> 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 yeah, that Frijole like is way too much fun of a character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love what he's like. I'll be busy shrooming, motherfuckers. It's like. <laughs> No one says these things in real life. No also, they that. just have dried, regular mushrooms, and he's just like, nom, nom, nom. you yeah. know, like it's it's fantastic. Oh, nothing. Well, and it's nothing like it seems the, realistic whatsoever. Even most scaring uh, Clarissa, and she's just like, yeah. oh, the old chicken mask trick always works. It's like, what are <laughs> and you then fucking it bur- I, talking like, about? That's like one of, truly one of the earlier lines too, when they break, break from the flashback, and I was just like, what the fuck am I in for? What? If, what? If, <laughs> The old chicken mask trick. I had to stop the movie and start it over so Carly could watch it. I was like, we have to watch this together. You know, Babe, the old chicken mask trick. You're welcome. <laughs> Baby, you won't believe what just came out of the TV. The old chicken mask trick. They did the old chicken mask trick. We've been talking about it for years. <laughs> um, oh, and I man. was just, I was just, I don't know, man. I was just shocked again to that point where it's like nobody does that. And it's like, well, nobody does that. But it's like, it's a character that does thing, this, things that nobody does. Like, the character is so almost like not it's not a caricature in the way that is like a negative connotation of that word it's like truly it's like oh somebody thinks that they're doing the cool thing and they're doing the thing that they think is cool and it's insanely not like the way that he's talking is so out of control all the way down to again like the goth girl being self-conscious about like some of the shit that she likes even though she's trying to be like a strong Whatever she is, I don't yeah. know. And I was like really, really impressed, I, and it did. And it's to your point, really it good movie. Gap. I thought that it's Mo a, was super attractive as well. Um, I was it, actually really just, bummed Mo died as quickly. Yeah, as yeah. She I wish did she would have been. Well, it, it seems like she should have. I was been more a invested girl. in her than Clarissa. That was my yeah. problem. But <laughs> Clarissa was yeah. the one that they styled exactly like an homage to. I I know what you did last summer. And so I should have known that she would be the, the the default survivor girl, but you it's coded in such a way where you think that the goth girl is gonna is gonna live. Um, She's so, yeah. more of the good girl, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I loved so, her, and her lip shade was just so good, perfect. so mm, I loved it. The so the police officers show up, and it's fucking cameos from Coolio and Bill Mosley, which is just like that is so insane. weird. How did they get that? I have no clue, but I this is my favorite trivia. I've ever pulled from IMDb, which is that uh, Joanne Canton, who played Clarissa, met Coolio when he randomly walked into her trailer to ask if she had a better TV in her trailer than he did because he was looking for a good place to plug in his PlayStation, <laughs> which is like the most charming story. I love R.I.P. obviously to Coolio. Yeah, I love yeah. this version of Coolio that's just. <laughs> He just wants to play some games until he's called on to set, man. Like, he's not even... And he only had two scenes, so he was probably yeah. bored as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I adore that. Um, the, honestly, I was like... I had no negative, critical things to say about this movie. Probably until the possessions start happening. And even then, it's not bad, but it was like... Man, for everything that they did right with the casting and the script... There was no fight choreographer on set because oh, when she was, turns into a yeah. demon and tries to fight them, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's like yeah. season one Buffy fighting. <laughs> oh, but that's, that charmed me. You know, like, that's... Uh, no, Buffy. Yeah. Charmed Buffy. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was bad. You're an angel for taking that on, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> 
they'll lean back afterwards is really the best part. Um, the possession <laughs> effects didn't work for me either. In this but dude, one, I love I loved the possession effects in this because I like how I mean, they I, look after I when oh, they're being oh, possessed the, the, and it's that like it's the spinny fast. head. Yeah, no, that yeah. that was stupid. But that's okay. I, that really didn't bother me at all. I just love the fact that there's so much black light paint in this, and yes. all and they're basically getting shot with paintballs full of black light paint. It's just so fun. It just is so silly. Yeah. There's no actual blood in this movie, you know. It's just so here's a kind or, of. Or there's a little bit of blood, but it's basically all just but it's, like yeah. It's all yeah. in a shower. Uh, so oh, uh, wait, so no. There's sick. a few. There's a few of the beheadings, right? But well, there's not blood. That's so, that's that's oh, demon no. blood, and so it's literally yeah. like it's, glow yeah. in the so dark. So there's a reason Shit. why it's sure. not blood. Blood. Um, apparently, the MPAA gave them an NC-17 on this movie for what? the violence. So they. Uh, they had to they color corrected some of the blood so that it wasn't red. They're like, well, they're demons, so they have a different color of blood now, um, and that's like how they got around it. And they so they got away with only having to cut about eighteen seconds of film to get it dropped Hell yeah. to an R. We'll um, get that eighteen seconds back when this one comes out on on, on Blu-ray. Blue. Yeah, this we're gonna we're, the, right, we're the ones Factory. that are gonna push for that. Um, it's definitely a, I feel Scream Factory. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but this is like. Oh, I don't know. I would say vinegar syndrome on this one. No, but, uh, no, it's not. This, it's, it's not as. It's not sexual at all. So or it's Severin. Vinegar. <laughs> Let's see Severin do this one. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a toss up. It could, it I could love because I don't know. I just think of when I when I think of Scream Factory, like they just announced that they're releasing the entire Ring series and like Stephen King's Dead Zone on Blu-ray, like. I think of them being they're way more in the pocket of like the bigger studios. But and they were like five years ago. Thing. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. They all those when those logos came up at the start of this movie, I was like, I've never I don't I don't know any Yeah, of these. I was gonna say like, I don't think they seen, have the contact to get into the people. I was like, this is just a mountain. I had this is in Paramount. This is just <laughs> they just found another. But that's the mountain. thing. Like that's Scream Factory is tied in with like Paramount and Warner Brothers and them, and they'll literally just be like, These are the movies we want and they have to get into a Literally like a bidding war mm -hmm. against the studio and the value. I'm of that. actually surprised that this isn't. So who did um out. who did Tammy? That was Vinegar Syndrome. Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, Vinegar Syndrome yeah. did Tammy. Okay, well then maybe yeah. it would it, then it would be Vinegar. Syndrome. That's what I mean. I feel like this is a Vinegar Syndrome, not like the sexy Vinegar Syndrome, but like the no, sleazy but like Vinegar the, Syndrome. The, they they, they <laughs> always they do a handful like and they do. I feel like every month when they announce their titles, they have a schlocky one and you know and. Uh, international one uh, a more erotic one and like they they kind of like they have a nice play mix around but they still they have do. a specific style they do um, they do it'd be I, cool to see this but, uh, well actually i don't know if it'd be cool to see it like better uh, no this but, is how it, it looks pretty seen. damn good i just want the 18 well, seconds they cut but i love to go yeah. back to the tammy and t-rex of it all like there are these moments specifically the first dude who gets smashed with the bat and you can like see the fake head i was like this is so good. Like this is like just yeah. on that trauma level where it's like you're holding just a second exactly. too long for you to like clock how fake the head is. Mm -hmm. um, but they spent they spent time and uh, whatever was in their pocket change was they spent it on that head, so they needed oh, to show sure. it every. Oh, well, I that's wrote the thing. down I think literally they... with this much head trauma. I'm wondering if Scott just made this movie. <laughs> 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 Because this was this was checking every Scott Roger box. I would have box. been seven, eighteen it, years old. Come on, it's 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 got a period piece element to it. Mm -hmm. It's got head trauma. 
It's blasphemous. Like this yeah. is all of this the boxes. This is the least blasphemous Scott. blasphemous movie that I have ever picked for this show. Let us on be clear paper, here. On paper, it's very blasphemous. On paper, it's very blasphemous. Um, also, I'm gonna say it. I kind of love this weird fucking cover of Dreamweaver that we get in the one scene, and I don't know if it's because I liked it or if it was just a break from like the uh, nondescript technical uh, techno industrial music that was yeah, playing. That, throughout, I think it's but... a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, because I also <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, we don't like have enough money to have Marilyn Manson's "Sweet Dreams" in this. Yeah, can Let's we hire just... our friend to cover Dreamweaver yes, real fast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then they did some weird Silver Bells thing at the end that I only wrote down Silver Bells and I can't quite remember what, exactly what it was, <laughs> but it was this like resolution version of Silver Bells. <laughs> and I was just like, what is happening in this movie? They did a bridge the gap between like the the filmmaking, the independent filmmaking of like trauma in like the late 80s and like early 90s, but then also trying to take it a step further and be like, these are the tools that I know, but I want to make something different yeah. or like trying to be, you know, and I actually straight up, I watched this movie and there's a scene where somebody's using a flashlight, like it's just one shot and they're pointing the flashlight towards the camera into, you know, whatever they're going to travel into. But then you see the flashlight dancing behind them as they scan the room. And I figured out that I was like, oh, that's a what I assume is some sort of mirror underneath the camera. They're flashing the light. It's bouncing. And then we, I was on set the next this weekend, and we were in a space that needed to be lit more by a flashlight from a character. And I was like, guys, I just watched this movie. Oh, that's <laughs> and awesome. And I was like, I have, I have an idea. I was like... You know, they didn't matter. I wasn't the DP and I wasn't really involved in that. But I was like, I did throw my hat in the ring. And I was like, guys, if we need to bounce anything, we just get a couple of mirrors and we just like put them in the corners and we get extra light where we I was like, did I was you like, tell I can't them believe. that it came from the, the cult did. classic, <laughs> the did. convent. I did. <laughs> so, so I soon to be on the right. It came from the convent, two th- year 2000, and I think maybe they should have fired me then and there. But they didn't, So yeah. which was which was helpful. So they just needed to get so the shoot this, done. This right. Dreamweaver cover is performed by the most 2000s uh, industrial band name I've read in a while, the Dead Girls Corporation. Um, oh, hell but yeah. But to answer your, like, why did I write Silver Bells down, Kyle, it's listed on here. Silver Bells, as performed by actor David Gunn when trying to hastily improvise a satanic chant in the movie. Oh, that's right. When he's, yeah, yeah, the, our vampire guy is trying Sal to the do the satanic chant and he starts humming, like saying Latin words in the tune of Silver Bells. <laughs> um, Thank you for the reminder. It was yeah, very you, funny. I, I, that's how it's written on the I, IMDb I just soundtrack. Just specify list. my notes. Yeah. Uh, so the only other two things I got to mention. So they get. Uh, Adrian Bardot, who's playing the grown-up version of the girl from the beginning, she rolls in. She decides that she's going to blow up the whole place uh, with one take, Molotov. By the way, with one Molotov, she's and only got boy, the one left. If there was ever a moment where I wish that this movie I could share just one scene to somebody, it would be this closing shot of this shoddy CGI fire <laughs> on the building as it fades out because it is. It is rough, and they made the right decision to only have it on screen for about three seconds before it fades out, and then everything's great. But then we great. get the post credits, <clears throat> or I mean, not the post credit. We get we get the, the the epilogue. You know, we get that epilogue. Uh, Clarissa's laying in bed. 
She's thinking she's about everything that happened. She's apparently getting a 4.0 because she's the sole survivor of this. Excuse yeah, when you're when the man, dies. you've seen Dead Dead Man on Campus. <laughs> you know the rules. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Her brother finds the dog, so they take oh, in the yeah. dog. Yep. And turns out that was a mistake because the dog gets the green demon eyes. And mm-hmm. I thought for sure we'll get the eyes, dog will jump at the camera. And I did not anticipate that we were going to see this girl with a fake dog on her neck for a couple no, seconds. Didn't see that. And it was perfect. One last IMDb trivia fact because I mentioned the green eyes. They could only afford one set of fluorescent. Uh, contacts oh everyone had to share. Oh my god, <laughs> that makes my eyeballs hurt. I love them. They they really just went for it. And they, the thing this is, is, is a movie looks, that went for it. It looks like I mean, like it's very obvious to us that it's like a low budget film. But compared to a lot of other low budget films that we have discussed on this show, oh, it looks fantastic. it looks fucking awesome. It's well crafted. It's su- it's super well crafted. I think like, to, it, to your point, Kyle, is, they they really leaned on their strengths. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Scott, what was your double feature? So I have two... I have the obvious, and then I have the one that actually feels... It has the same energy. You pick. Same energy, I think. There's nothing out there. Ooh. It's the same energy. Wow. And that would be a really fun night. For me, I don't know if it would be a really fun night for anyone else. How about you, Kyle? What's your double feature with this? I've picked this before, but... I just keep thinking about how this movie was made and I keep thinking of the anthology Chillers. Okay. Uh, it's got the same like color palette. It just has some possession stuff. It has what feels like creative choices for a shoestring budget. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I gravitate towards that movie a lot. So uh, Chillers. Um, first off, I'm picking another movie that features Coolio in it that came out in 2000. But looking at Coolio's uh, Coolio's uh, filmography credits, 
I forget how many movies <laughs> Coolio actually was in, um, including Batman and Robin. <laughs> but in 2000, he was in this. He was in Leprechaun in the Hood as himself. He played himself in Get Over It. But the but the role that I think of when I think of Coolio as an actor is a very deep cut horror parody film called Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, Ugh. where he plays a prince-inspired character who was formerly the principal, but now he's the administrator formerly known as principal. Um, it is a truly trash-tastic. You almost, you almost had two weeks in a row where you've had where something I right had next it to you. Next to me, <laughs> you almost, you almost had two weeks in a row. I cleaned my fucking table before I left this weekend, <laughs> and I am so mad because I had Shriek right here. Looking at his IMDb credits, I'm concluding one thing about Coolio, which I mean, look, he might just be taking paycheck, whatever paycheck comes to him, but based on the movies that he appeared in. I think that Coolio is a very big comic book and horror movie fan because he also yeah. appeared in Daredevil and a bunch of other like low budget horror movies. So, you know, again, R.I.P. But I think uh, I think Coolio was one of us, man. <laughs> I think he was I love a, that. I think he's a like big this, horror like loving nerd. <laughs> like, I like to believe that for sure. Um, now, before we dive into the what did we watch this week? Hey. What's going on? It's still October, which means that the scare packages are still available on the website. Go to hmnpodcast.com. Uh, we already got our first scare package, which meant that that person probably got a little bit more for their 40 bucks than anybody else because, hey, I want to celebrate people who are on top of their game. But you are going to get some cool shit when you order a scare package. You'll get a shirt. Uh, let us know what size. Let us know what shirts you may already have so we don't give you a duplicate. Uh you're going to get, for sure, an enamel pin. You are going to get, for sure, a horror movie VHS keychain. You are, for sure, going to get a nice full set of our trading cards that we hand out at conventions. And an assortment of other stuff. It could be some of Scott's music. It could be some DVDs or comic books from my basement. It could be a bar of horror movie night soap. Yes, we do, in fact, have that. Uh, smells who knows? So the sky's the limit. But you will get a cool thing that you will be proud to own when you order a scare package and you're helping us clear out our inventory and you're helping us be able to get some new shirts printed in 2024. If you want an as seen on Tubi shirt to happen as badly as we do, yeah. we need to ship some scare packages <laughs> yeah. this October. Uh, and then also just hit up our Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast for all your podcasting needs. And now what do you guys watch this week? Scott, how about you hit us with one? Well, I'm so stoked that the uh, the strike is over. Um, and well, let's clarify: writers, writers, writers over. Yes, actors are still if doing their thing, but the fact that the writers have struck a deal hopefully means that the actors will also soon uh, strike. Not a deal. far behind. Yeah. Not far behind. <laughs> so, but yes, continue. <laughs> I watched both of the Meg movies. I, oh, I watched the Meg 2 last night. Dude, same. <laughs> I finished it last night because you know it takes me a couple of nights because I'll fall yeah. asleep halfway through. I like the Meg 1 better, though. I, I think. did, too. I did as well. Um, they are absolutely ridiculous movies. I oh, knew 2028, that going- the Meg will happen on horror movie night. It is like the perfect. I was it trying is such to explain a Matt it. Kelly movie. Oh, I was trying to explain it to. So, so the girl that I've been seeing, her one son loves sharks. And he watched, he's seen Jaws a couple times. 
And she's like, he really wants to see the Meg, but I'm afraid it will terrify him. Like, if he can handle Jaws, he can handle the Meg. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, what is it? I'm like, it's like a Fast and Furious movie with a giant shark. Like, it's yeah. not it's not played for horror. It's definitely played for dumb action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just super fun. And, and um, I mean, both of them are, are just very mindless. Jason Statham is just great you know like he, he knows what he what he is yes and i and appreciate he that. leans in without showing any dissatisfaction with his lot in hollywood and i love that for him and me <laughs> i well because like i know that vin diesel is apparently kind of cool like he's like a D nerd and all that mm-hmm, stuff yeah. but like but from the outside looking in vin diesel I feel like thinks Vin Diesel is better than Vin Diesel is, whereas <laughs> Jason Statham knows exactly his space <laughs> and like For plays sure. to that strength. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? What, what you were you were on set, so we will understand if uh, you didn't get to watch much this week. Yeah, I I I didn't. I um. Tuesday nights are fun because we record. Uh, yeah. And then. Carly gets home a little bit later, and it's not fun because I, I certainly miss her. But there's a moment in time if I get all my work done for about an hour, I can watch something that she really does not want to fucking watch, right? So the other day, she even proclaimed, um, "I don't want to watch any of your." She said something along the lines of, "I don't want to watch any of your low budget sex films or or, or something <laughs> so like Severin's that." So Severin's out. Um, <laughs> so Severin's out. The one that I was watching was I. I think I led. I, well, it was my fault. I led with, babe. There's cock and ball torture in this movie. Like, <laughs> like it was. You know, is it, it called CBT the movie? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the crazy thing. I was. It was not. It did not. The movie did not lead with that fact or with. But that you did the trait. Uh, but I did, and I scared her away. Uh, but I watched a movie called We Await which is a shot on video weird psychedelic oddball thing that certainly thought that it had a lot to say and maybe it did but it lost thread probably with the cock and ball torture <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you gonna, yeah um, really but it's it. also 50 you know 54 minutes and i can sit for a weird artsy you know 50 ish minute piece uh from the mid 90s but it was released um I think Saturn Core, which is a partner label on Vinegar Syndrome, released that in Red Spirit Lake as a double feature. I'm saying things that I don't even know what they mean, but I'm just <laughs> for somebody who might. Um, uh, but it was just I liked uh, things like that. I like to just sort of like sit and put on and just experience. Right. It's like going to an art gallery sometimes. It's like going to a blind screening. It's it's like just sort of submitting yourself to just watch whatever it is uh i don't even remember why i bought it uh but i did so i I watched that but more more than anything as we're talking i got a text from uh from friend of the show my friend evan fonseca and he he came over yesterday and we watched part of uh the out there um wnuf uh sequel yeah the halloween mega excuse me mega tape loved it he loved it we did not finish it he loved it though i was it was one of those things where it's like when we watch things when friends come over i i soft pitch a thing but i'm like we don't need to do this like we also like to play games we like to talk like we we are a mixed bag and he was only here for like less than 12 hours so i was like 
I'm going to put this on. We were talking about watching Halloween commercials. So I was like, this is perfect, dude. Yeah. And we're shooting a thing that I take inspiration from what Chris did. I, I truly do. So I wanted to show him. He loved it. He just texted me as we're having this conversation. He's like, where can I get that DVD? Like, where can I buy the, <laughs> the out there special? So I told him. And I sent him the link uh, while we were talking. So more than what I watched, it's it's more of what I showed there to my go. friends. There, what it. I shared with people. Well, you know, I'm not even going to talk about something I watched uh, because I we made a reference to it earlier. I've I've been working through a lot of CDs lately that I bought at the okay a combination of things. I bought a bunch of shit at the Retro Attic. Every time I go to visit Chris in Pittsburgh, I hit up his local CD warehouse and load up. Um, and then uh, listener of the podcast Eli dropped off literally a laundry basket he found on the side <laughs> of the road, filled with random albums. So I've been just working my way through all this different stuff, but. I do want to talk about what I think is my favorite album of 2023 thus far. The whole year? Of the whole year. So, look, there's two more months, and I have not listened to that much new music this year, to be fair. But a lot of people are going to be throwing out a lot of uh, pretty big artists' releases. I really did enjoy the new Olivia Rodrigo album. But the album that, like, put me through a beautiful ride, and no one's talking about it because the time for this pop star has kind of faded over time— Kesha put out an album this year called Gag Order that is absolutely mm. phenomenal. Um, so, as you know, Kesha went through this whole thing with Dr. Luke. Um, Dr. Luke then countersued her, which is where the title of the album comes from because she cannot talk about the lawsuit anymore, hence the name Gag Order. The cover is horrific. It's just yeah. Kesha with a bag over her head looking like a dead body. Uh, and it bounces between like you get some of that old school Kesha like filthy pop songs but then you'll just get these like three minute art pop songs like it's it's covers so many different genres there's a little bit of country there there's a little bit of rock there there's a little bit of punk there like she pulled all these different genres and it's her first album that she did with Rick Rubin who, oh, nice. you know, is like the king of like revitalizing people's careers. And I was reading an interview with her because I was like, this is a really special album. And like, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then she said, Rick Rubin was the first producer I ever worked with who said, don't worry about writing a single. It doesn't matter. And like, it was the first time that she wow. just like wrote an album of like, here's how I'm feeling. These are the emotions I'm in and not thinking about like, will this sell? And he's like, it probably won't. He's like, let's be honest. It probably won't. <laughs> Just write how you feel. This is important to get this out. Mm. Um, so it's just a really personal record. I would compare it to if you really liked uh, Rainbow from Kesha, which was the first album she put out after the Dr. Luke stuff. This feels like a perfect parent piece. Her album in between those two is still my favorite album that she put out, High Road. But those two just are so good. So good. Uh, so big shout out to Kesha and Gag Order. And... A big shout out to all of you for listening to us. Welcome to the loving arms, the loving embrace that is horror movie night. Next week, it's the the last episode before Halloween, which is a sad thing to say. But boy, do we have a Halloween surprise for all of you. Uh, and stay tuned to find out what that Halloween surprise is. Carolina, 
And I'm Tessa, and together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 